Hello, welcome to the self-learning podcast by Dr. Shushma Singh. Let us start discussion on Unit 13, Features of 73rd and 74th Constitutional Amendment. The revitalization of Panchayati Raj manifested through the 73rd Constitutional Amendment owes its origin to the dynamic leadership of Rajiv Gandhi. In his address to the fifth workshop of responsive administrative held at Koyamtur in June 1988, he said that if our district administration is not sufficiently responsive, the basic reason is that it is not only sufficiently represent, responsive or representative. With the decay of Panchayati Raj institutions, the administration has got isolated from the people, thus dulling its sensitivity to the needs of people. With events moving at a faster pace, Panchayati Raj emerged as a major institutional channel of such administration. The Constitution 73rd Amendment Act 1992 came into effect from 24th April 1993. No one disputes that it is a historic legislation. The basic question arises as to what was the basic spirit behind this legislation. Was it limited to the passing of Conformity Act and enjoying panchayats with some administrative and financial powers or to make them genuine institutions? for participatory self-government. The emphasis has been so far on the former, which has made panchayas mere implementing agencies of the central and state schemes passed on to them with funds. The basic objective of the democratic decentralization through reactivation of the Panchayati Raj system was realized Gandhi's concept of Savraj. In this unit, we will be discussing the various features of the 73rd and 74th amendments. Now let us move to the next point, initiatives towards constitutional status to local governance. As is known, both the amendment bills 64th and 65th could not sail through the parliament because of the opposition from the Rajya Sabha. Elise Dilly, the arguably they put local governance under direct control of the centre, which was resented by the states. However, these two bills provided enough opportunity for a national debate as to whether 
the PRIs should be given constitutional status. The bills also helped the members of the parliament to go into the details. As and when opportunity came through more suitable amendments, by the time midterm Lok Sabha assembled, the consensus emerged that PRI be given constitutional status and suitable provisions be made so as to enable these institutions to function as an agent of change and development at local level. After coming to power in 1991, the Congress government gave top priority to the PRIs and brought out the Constitutional 72nd Amendment Bill, 1991. The bill was passed by the Parliament on December 22, 1992 and is now known as the Constitutional 73rd Amendment Act. 1992. The institutionalization of democratic decentralization in the form of statutory PRIs thus opened a new chapter in the history in India and gave a new turn to the evolution of rulers, local self-government institutions. The term institutions of the self-government have been interpreted in two ways. Firstly, the constitution says that panchayats are institutions of self-governance, implying that they must have autonomy and power to govern in an exclusive area of jurisdiction. In its essential element, the 73rd Constitutional Amendment gives Panchayat this distinct status. Therefore, it is the de facto third tier of governance. Secondly, it strengthens administrative federalism. Professor S. Gohan argues that the provision of 73rd Amendment strengthen administrative federalism in order to facilitate and encourage delegation of administrative and financial powers from the states to the local bodies. Their administrative powers and to discharge their responsibilities are entirely derived from legislation that will have to pass by the state. Now let us move to the next point features of the 73rd constitutional amendment. Part 9 has been inserted immediately after the part 8th of the constitution and after the 10th schedule of the constitution, 11th schedule has been added which gives the detailed list of functions to be performed by PRIs. Panchayats shall be constituted in every state at village 
immediately and district level thus bringing about uniformity in the pri structure however the states having a population not exceeding 20 lakh have been given the option of not having any panchayat at the immediate level while the elections in respect of all members of panchayats at the level will be direct the election in respect of the post of the chairman at the intermediate and the district level will be indirect the mode of election of chairman to the village level has been left to the state government to decide all members including the chairperson shall have the right to vote reservation of seats for sc and st has been provided in proportion to their population at each level not less than one third of the total membership has been reserved for the women and these seats may be allotted by rotation in different constituencies in a panchayat similar reservations have been made in respect of the office of the chairperson also a uniform term of 5 years has been provided for the pris and in the event of dissolution or supersession election to constitute the body should be completed before the expiry of 6 months from the date of the dissolution it is reminder period is the less than 6 month fresh elections may not be necessary panchayat constituted upon dissolution may continue for the remainder remainder of the period with a view to ensuring continuity it has been provided in the act that all panchayat existing immediately before the commencement of this act amendment act will continue till the expiry of their duration unless dissolved by a resolution to that effect passed by the state legislatures concerned or any law relating to the panchayats which before the amendment came into force not inconsistent with its provisions shall continue until amended or repealed there shall be an election commission for the conduct of all elections to the panchayats consisting of a state election commissioner to be appointed by the state government it shall also be in charge of superintendence direction and control of the preparation of electoral roll the state legislation have been given the power to authorize the panchayats to levy collect and appropriate suitable local taxes and also provide for making grants in aid to panchayats from the consolidated funds 
of the concerned states. A state finance commission has to be constituted once in every five years to review the financial position of the panchayat and to make suitable recommendations to the governor as to the principle which should govern the distribution between the state and the panchayats of revenue, whether net proceeds to the taxes, duties, tolls and fees levyable by the state or grants in aid and recommend measures to strengthen the financial position of the panchayat bodies and deliberate on any other matter referred to it by the governor. The Constitution Third Amendment Act adds a sub-clause to Article 280 of the Constitution. According to this sub-clause, the Central Finance Commission, in addition to other stipulated duties, shall also make recommendations to the President regarding the measures needed to be augmented the then consolidated funds of a state to supplement the resources of the panchayas in the state on the basis of the recommendations made by the Finance Commission of the state. The state legislatures should bring in necessary amendments to their panchayat acts within a maximum period of one year from the commencement of this amendment act so as to confirm the provision contained in the constitution. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.